The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. Hi, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. We welcome our listeners who tune in around the world each week. You know, this week on the show, we are talking about today's Belmont Stakes. If you didn't know, the Belmont is the oldest of the Triple Crown races. Mm -hmm. This year is the 151st running compared with the 145th Derby and the 144th Preakness. But unlike the Derby, the Belmont has not been held continuously. So learn more about the finale of the Triple Crown of Horse Racing in Segment 4. And in Segment 3, we're talking about the rise of feline diabetes and the expenses of the disease on the pet owner. And how can you miss our celebrity scoop? I don't know. How can you? Okay. The Secret Lies of Pets has just dropped in movie theaters, and we're talking about celebrities and their pets. Additionally, we are talking about the best pet-themed Father's Day gift for pet owners. You still have plenty of time to get the best gifts for that special, that's us, special dog-owning dads. That's you. (laughs) And now we have our first guest holding on the phone, so let's bring them on as they will be giving us an update on the effects of flooding on the pets and livestock in Oklahoma. So joining us today is Katie Stanilla, Director of Statewide Programs at the Oklahoma Humane Society, and Dr. Daniel Barba, the Department Head for the Center for Veterinary Health Sciences of the Oklahoma State University. So good morning, Katie and Dr. Barba. Welcome to the Pet Buzz. Good morning. Thank you. So Katie, we know these vicious tornadoes and and the flooding have really taken their toll on the residents, the pets the livestock in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, Katie, can you tell us how you're managing? So here in the central part of the state, we've been fortunate and have avoided most of the severe weather. Um, It's our friends and our partners in the eastern and northeastern parts of the state that are dealing with extreme flooding and the displaced animals that result from these events. Well, you know, it's interesting because although the shelters and government agencies and others continue to tell people not to leave their pets behind, it seems that people still do. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with limited time, limited funds, as well as maybe not being home when disaster strikes. But can you tell us, because we've seen in the TV and the newspapers and online, how some of these rescues are going? So the biggest challenge that faces rescue groups and city shelters during and after events like these are always the displaced animals. Um, They can be left behind in evacuations. They can be separated from their owners if they go to seek shelter or safety. And sometimes these shelters don't allow pets. So the owners have either hard decisions to make or they scramble to find other options for their pets. There are groups like Tulsa Humane, Peaceful Animal Adoption Shelter in Venita, Oklahoma, Three Girls Rescue in Poto, Oklahoma, they're dealing with an influx of displaced pets. Their locations, not just from their own towns, but from surrounding rural communities that many of those don't have adequate sheltering in place for their pets. A lot of people seem to be rescuing the pets by boat. Is that correct? Yes. There are some places that have only been accessible by boat. So people are having to go out. And oftentimes this is just 
community members that go out and, and grab these pets. And then these rescues are kind of the central staging area to take them in and hold them until their owners can be reunited. You know, even though dogs and cats are being moved to other parts of the country like Chicago, D.C., other U.S. cities, tell us what's happening at the Tulsa Expo Square Fairgrounds Pavilion. So the first step is to get in a central location, basic triage, identification, and then housing. Um, And sometimes the hardest part of relief work like this comes after the waters recede and rebuilding begins. So when owners you know, can sometimes come back to absolutely nothing where their homes once stood. And so immediate reunification is not always the first priority, and sometimes it can be impossible. Yeah, so how can our listeners help? Well, um, I would say, you know, donations to animal welfare organizations in affected areas is the most effective. That's going to ensure, um, since these pets are probably going to be in longer-term care, that, you know, they can provide the care and enrichment for those pets. So the affected areas include um, Tulsa, Poto, Muskogee, Vanita. Those are some of the communities that um, have established rescues that are helping out and dealing with these displaced animals. Katie, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And for more information, just visit okhumane.org. Okay. Thank you so much for being patient, Dr. Burba. You know, uh, we're glad you're back on the show. Well, it's good to be back and have an opportunity to speak to your audience. Okay. Well, you know, after spending time in the floodwaters, Dr. Burba, what kind of pet health problems do pet owners and shelter workers need to be aware of with pets that they're pulling from the water? Yes. What we're seeing particularly is skin problems, and external parasites, which are referred to as the ticks. But we're also seeing GI problems like diarrhea and also respiratory problems as well. So I guess if you find your pet, it's a good idea to wash them, to clean them up. I, I remember somebody from Texas A&M told mm-hmm. me once, you should use some Dawn dishwashing soap to decontaminate. I know, Dr. Fleck is scrunching his face up. But they said, I think it was Angela Clementine, she said, or Clementine, she said that use the Dawn dishwashing and then get just strip the coat. As long as you follow up with a, with a soft conditioning pet product, a shampoo. Correct. And Dawn is one of the mild detergents. And you're absolutely right. You want to get those toxins off the skin. And then afterwards, also, because ticks can hang on, um, is to actually do a thorough tick check uh, with your pet to make sure there's no ticks that have clinged on to them. Great suggestion. Yeah, great suggestion. Great suggestion. And who would think, like, ticks are surviving in that nasty water? But now we know. That's right. So what else do people and pets need to be wary of in the floodwaters? Well, some of the things you have just alluded to, chemicals, waste that may have leaked into the water. But, you know, one of the biggest things is if they're having to move their pets out of their house through the water to get to dry land is what's underneath that water. And oftentimes there could be sharp objects. And that is one of the biggest risks for for the human himself. Other things like other animals, uh, insects start looking for drier areas and structures. These include ants, snakes, and even skunks as well. Skunks. We just had a skunk expert on. But you know what I heard? Water moccasins. That's a snake. I know. You know, Dr. Fleck doesn't like snakes. You know, I've never run into one, but. Treated one. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a big thing in Oklahoma, big snakes. 
Okay, seems if everyone now is talking about the cowboys who are coming to help rescue the animals, including the horses and other livestock. I have to tell you, ladies, they are cute. If you go look them up, they're good-looking guys. So, I, I mean, you know, I've seen you too. You're a good-looking guy, Dr. Burb. I'm going to leave you out. So, well, like, thank you. <laughs> you're, like, probably thinking I'm never coming back to this show again. Um, okay, so, but why is it so important? I mean, we've got, you know, they're, I guess these guys, have got mad skills well livestock is just as vulnerable if trapped by uh, rising water uh, cattle and horses are actually more at risk of, of having to stand in water compared to small pets because small pets you know maybe if they're in a, um, in a house or something and and you know if water starts rising you know if the owners are there but they obviously can get up on furniture and everything cattle and horses they have that they don't have that and it only takes a couple of days before this starts causing serious medical problems if they're standing in this water. And calves obviously are at greater risk of dying and obviously drowning. And this time of year, babies are being born. And so um, it's a it's a big concern. Because you're an old farm boy at heart, right? You grew up on yes, a farm. Yes, I am. But you know what, Dr. Burba, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it has been my pleasure as always. And hopefully we'll uh, do this again another time. Well, for more information, go to okstate.edu. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, that was Katie Stanella, Director of Statewide Programs from the Oklahoma Humane Society, and Dr. Daniel Barba, the Department Head for the Center for Veterinary Health Sciences of the Oklahoma State University. You're going to want to stick around because a little later we're going to talk about global pet news, and we're also going to be chatting with veterinarian Dr. April Steele about obese and inactive cats. They're becoming the new diabetics. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, visit www.epi-pet.com. Often should you bathe your pet? Well, I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed, and I'm asked that question often. How often you should wash your dog depends on a number of factors, including his health, breed, coat, and activity level, as well as where these activities are taking place. Dogs who spend days outside rolling and things are going to need a bath far more often than the ones who spend most of their time on the couch. Or you can always take the smell test. If your dog walked into the room and you can smell them, it's time for a bath. Make sure when it's time for a bath, you gather up all the supplies, including a non-slip mat and plenty of towels. Use shampoo formulated for dogs and turn your cell phone off to avoid distraction. And if you have a dog that hates getting a bath, smear some peanut butter on the bathtub wall and let him lick it off while you bathe him. Then he'll know bathing can really be a treat. Hey, did you know 2.4 million loving cats and dogs in shelters and rescues need our help to find a home? Let's go to theshelterpetproject.org and meet a few who are in a shelter near you. Harlow. She's one great listener who loves to hear all your stories. My kind of cat. Shrulo. 
is a sweet, goofy boy who's eager to please. Sounds just like another dog I know. So go to the shelterpetproject.org, search your local shelters and rescues, and go for a cuddle with your next best friend. Adopt. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You know, with the secret life of Pets 2, which dropped everywhere yesterday, it's a great time to think about stars and their pets. Since the movie is packed with so many celebrities that are acting as characters. So you've got Kevin Hart. Louis C.K. and Albert Brooks. So recently, the New York Daily News and E! Online put up pictorials on some of their favorite celebrities with their pets. Now, don't worry. I'm going to post the pics so you can see the pets and their famous owners on our social media channels. Okay, Charlotte, so tell me about celebrities that you were surprised by their pet choices. Well, you know, I'm glad that you asked that question because I knew Reese Witherspoon had a dog, but I recently found out that she had a donkey and his name is Honky. Honky Donk. Honky Donk, that's right. And then Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, has a cat that likes to lounge in her bathroom sink. And what about cool cat owners? Yeah, well, Taylor Swift, she got another cat named... Benjamin Button, you know, she's the ultimate cat lady. But the thing that's so weird is, you know, Benjamin Button was about Brad Pitt being like born old and then getting young. But her cat, Benjamin Button, doesn't seem like it looks really old. (laughs) Other cool cat owners? Yeah, Mark Ruffalo and then George R.R. Martin of Game of Thrones. They're cat owners, too. What about unusual pets? Well, you remember. Let's kick it. Baby. Ice, ice, baby. Well, Vanilla Ice, the rapper, has a wallaroo named Bucky. What's a wallaroo? Well, it's a moderately large size micropod, so it's really intermediate in size between a kangaroo and a wallaby. Conventional dog owners? Yeah, like Ariana Grande. You know, she's had a great year. She's broke a bunch of records. She has a pit bull named Cinnamon and a pet pig named Piggy Smalls. And it reminded me of the dog and the pig, the two friends that were dropped off a few months ago in the middle of the night uh, at that shelter. Do you remember that? Yes. Well, it just goes to show you pigs and dogs can be good friends. Okay, any other surprises? Yeah, well, this one was really surprising, you know, and I love the Hangover series of movies. Well, it turns out that Mike Tyson, you know, the retired boxer, he briefly owned a rare white Bengal tiger. And no, that wasn't in the movie. But the cost of the daily upkeep included thousands of pounds of meat to feed them each day. It caused him to rehome the tiger's. Well, all I'm going to say is whether it was celebrities from yesteryear or even today, we all want to know more about celebrities. And, you know, I think when we know about celebrity pets, we find we like them even more and can relate to them on another level. Wouldn't you agree? You know, I really agree with that. It kind of humanizes them, make them just like us. We want to believe that they love their pets just as much as we do. That's a great point. But, you know... I've been shopping lately because, you know, we can't forget (laughs) Father's Day will be upon us in a blink of an eye. And, you know, 
dog dads are a special breed and they really deserve recognition just like you because you have so many pets or Mm. we have so many pets. Mm -hmm. Well, this Father's Day, we want to give you some gift ideas so that you can show them how much you appreciate them. Okay. So, Dr. Fleck, what would be a great Father's Day gift? Well, you know that I love coffee. Yeah, you love coffee so much it annoys me. So, for us dog-loving dads, consider a gift from Grounds and Hounds. Oh, that's a good one. It's a cool one. The company is committed to using the sale of their fair trade organic specialty coffees to support the no-kill rescue organizations, providing safe havens for pups between homes. Yeah, that's great. So 20%, 20% of all Grounds and Hounds profits are donated to rescue partners working to make the second chance mission a reality. Okay. I like the Rescue Fuel Starter Set containing three of the most popular blends. There's stainless steel travel tumbler and heavy-duty canvas tote. How much? 75 bucks at groundsandhounds.com. I think that's fairly reasonable. Okay, what about a gift that's not as expensive? Okay. Something cheap for okay. the kids. Okay, here we go. A pet's best friend can wear specialized socks. Oh, socks. I like to wear socks. Mm-hmm. That features their favorite dog breeds. It's so cool. I've said it before. For example, wear a pair of beagle socks to support the friendly, gentle, and even-tempered breed. Mm, Good idea. From bearded collies to Labrador retrievers to cocker spaniels and dachshunds, this collection has a large selection of dog breeds to choose from. Mm -hmm. Your favorite dog dad can wear their favorite dog breeds on their feet and or showcase a special furry friend that has anchored its way into his heart or has passed away. Yeah, oh, that's nice. It is nice. This collection has dozens of breeds to choose from to fulfill all your needs. Nine ninety nine at AbsoluteSocks.com. Okay, so we know we are always on the go. What about the dads who are always on the go? WeatherTech makes products for pets on the go. Okay. Consider cargo slash truck liners, seat protectors, barriers, and feeding systems that are fitted for your own vehicle. Mm-hmm. To complement your car gear, pack the lightweight, rugged nylon canvas bag with enough dog food for a weekend adventure. Ooh. The Traveler's Kit contains three smartly designed polypropylene-lined inner chambers, a large airtight bag for storing four to five pounds of dry food, and two collapsible and easy-to-clean travel bowls for food and water. The carrying case has a removable center divider to help keep dads organized. Don't forget, dads organized. It also features a zip pocket in the lid, and two mesh side pockets, one with an adjustable drawstring, the second with an elastic top. That offers ample space for water bottle treats and leashes. And guess what? 79 bucks at Orvis.com. These are great gifts, and I think they're Not really, Not really expensive. reasonable. So if you're a dog dad, we wish you happy Father's Day. And if you're buying for your favorite dog dad, do some research to get the best gifts possible. But I'm going to put our top choices on our website, thepetbuzz.com, so you can learn more. Well, still to come on the Pet Buzz is Global Pet News. We're going to be talking about sneezing cats. Did you ever? Also in segment four, we'll be chatting with horse racing journalist Steve Haskin, who will be discussing today's Belmont Stakes. 
the third jewel of the Triple Crown, so stay tuned. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm pet expert Charlotte Reed, and I want to remind you how important it is to protect your pet against fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes with preventative tablets and topicals. By giving your dogs and cats preventative meds throughout the year, you are protecting your pet from Lyme disease, heartworm, flea allergies, worms, and more, causing unwanted and costly vet bills. Most importantly, these parasites can infiltrate your home, causing you and your family's health to be compromised. Remember, healthy pets healthy you. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. I want to be a contender. I want a warm belly to sleep on. A big house. How do I look? Do do I look good? I want to play hard. My nails done once a month. I want. I want. I want a home. I just want a home. I want someone to love. Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to us without homes. 20,000 of them were felines. Let's make some homes together. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And now with my pet, I likey of the week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. June is here, and what that means, that summer is upon us. June also means that it's UV Safety Month, a great time to spread the message of fun, sun, and the effects of UV rays. Ultraviolet, that's UV radiation, is the main cause of skin cancer. You may think I'm talking about people, but I'm talking about pets too. So how do you protect your pet? Well, with EpiPet Sun Protector Sunscreen, the only sunscreen protector that is FDA compliant in the pet industry, of course. 
Just so you know, EpiPet Sun Protector is ultra water and sweat resistant. The sunblock is ideal for all breeds of dog and horses, especially those who spend a lot of time outside who are low to the ground and susceptible to skin cancer. You know, EpiPet comes in a sports bottle with a valve top so you can easily spray your dog all over. You can even turn the bottle upside down and spray your pet's belly. And this week I'm giving away five bottles of EpiPet sunscreen to the first five people who like our Facebook page and post pictures of their pets. For more information, visit EpiPet.com. That's Epi-E-P-I hyphen pet.com. You know, are you having trouble affording your pet, especially when it comes to the vet bills and the meds for your pet? Well, Dr. Fleck is going to talk to us today about the high cost of vet care. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. It's going to take long. You got the time. Well, one of the things that we see all over the place is these discount clinics at various locations. And every week they're going somewhere else, these kind of mobile clinics, and they're in all different cities around the country. Can you discuss the pros and the cons of these clinics? I mean, they save money, but... Well, when you talk about the discount mobile clinics, mm-hmm. those are are probably not any place where you're going to have a really good doctor-patient relationship okay, and a good evaluation medically of what's happening with that that pet because they just do Cause shots because the, con- the concern is and sometimes the laws dictate that all they can do is provide vaccination maybe heartworm testing etc mm-hmm. so if there are medical issues they sometimes can't even take care of them there they would have to refer them to a doctor with a right practice. so in other words you can get the discount shots but you don't develop a relationship with the veterinarian, and most likely they'll refer you to somebody else if you're really having a hard time with your pet, correct? Yes, so you might want to even look for a discount vaccination heartworm testing place mm-hmm. that also has uh, outpatient clinics. Got that. So the relationship is really key. Okay, so will many shelters and humane organizations offer lower-cost vet care? Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's a wonderful thing that they do. Mm-hmm. They provide so much, particularly for people that are adopting pets. Right. So they'll usually provide the first preventative care medication or vaccinations for them, and then they encourage them to go to a veterinarian and follow up with those on a regular basis. The problem that they have is that they're burdened with so many that they sometimes lose that time to give the proper education to the new adoptees so that they really don't understand when and why they need to be at a veterinarian, say, within a year. Well, Dr. Fleck, thanks so much, because this was another great segment of Flex Facts. (laughs) Just the facts. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on. Feline diabetes, known as diabetes mellitus, has become an increasingly common condition in cats. If your veterinarian diagnoses your cat with diabetes, you'll need to work together to create a plan to manage the disease. And joining us to talk about feline diabetes is veterinarian April Steele, president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners Board of Directors. Dr. Steele, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thank you for having me on. So for our listeners, what is diabetes and why has diabetes been increasing in the feline population? So diabetes is the inability of an animal to effectively use sugar as energy. So glucose is a type of sugar and it provides energy to many cells in the body. But glucose cannot get into the cell without insulin. 
and in diabetics, that insulin doesn't work properly. We are seeing an increase in diabetes in cats, mainly because we're seeing more obese cats. More than half of the cats in the U.S. that are owned are obese, and that's a very significant risk factor for diabetes. And we're also seeing cats live longer, so they're developing diseases like kidney disease and dental disease, which are also risk factors for diabetes. Interesting. Sounds, sounds like diabetes in people to a Well, that was degree. my next yeah. question, is feline diabetes similar to human diabetes yeah. and its treatment? So in many ways, it's very similar. The pathology of it is very similar. We can manage it with nutrition and insulin injections, which people experience as treatments as well. Unlike humans, cats frequently go into remission where they actually don't require insulin therapy for long periods of time. So that's a, diff- a little bit of a difference. And then we can also control what cats eat very, very closely. So we don't see the same levels of blood sugar swings that we see in people. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with veterinarian April Steele, president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners Board of Directors, discussing feline diabetes and tools for veterinarians to help their patients. Dr. Steele, what kind of misconceptions do we find with treatments? Clients are often very overwhelmed when they get the diagnosis of diabetes in their cat, and it's really scary to them. The idea of giving an injection to their cat is overwhelming. But what people don't realize is cats tolerate these injections very, very well. And I can't tell you how many times a client had the courage to try it, even though it wasn't something they were quite comfortable with initially. And a week later, they came back and asked if they could give every medication the cat would ever need in the future by injection because it's so much easier than giving a pill. So the misconception is that they aren't going to be able to provide the treatment that's necessary, but they really can if they have the courage to try it. And most of the time, it's not that difficult. So recently, the American Association of Feline Practitioners has released a diabetes educational toolkit for veterinarians, thanks to Bowringer Ingelheim, for their educational grant to develop this toolkit. So tell us about the toolkit and how is it that it's going to help cat owners? This is a great new toolkit. And there's a toolkit for veterinarians which actually helps cat owners indirectly because there's so much that changes in diabetes and the management and the ways to monitor the response to the insulin. And this toolkit puts in the hands of the veterinarian the most up-to-date information, easy to access, gives them alternatives for people who have lifestyles where they cannot be home exactly 12 hours apart to help facilitate the effective treatment for the cat with diabetes. So this is a great toolkit that the veterinarian can use. And then there are also resources for the pet owner, included videos on how to do blood sugars, frequently asked questions, what to be concerned about, what's not really a big deal. It just empowers both the veterinarian and the cat owner to have the most successful outcome in treating diabetes. You know, I think that's really great because I know from your practice and mm-hmm. you're telling me, Dr. Fleck, one of the biggest things that patients fear is that 12-hour window Absolutely. from shot to shot mm-hmm. and trying to reorganize their life. Lifestyle. Exactly, to make sure that happens. Okay, Dr. Steele, diabetes can be expensive to treat because unlike dogs, cat owners can't use human insulin. What advice do you give cat owners? Well, a couple things. The most important is that while the bottle of insulin can be quite expensive and a little daunting, most cats respond to very tiny doses of insulin, so that insulin will last quite a while, which makes the treatment less expensive. I encourage people to commit to one month of treatment and then they can really understand what dose their cat's going to need and what that financial obligation is going to be and what the time commitment is and make a decision. 
it's overwhelming to commit to the rest of a life, capital life's treatment in the beginning without really having that information. There are a couple of human insulin, Lantus and Levomar, that can be used in cats, but that doesn't mean they're less expensive. They're actually quite expensive, so that doesn't address that issue. And then finally, therapeutic diets can control diabetes in many cats and make it so they don't require insulin, and that's a much more cost-effective and easy on the lifestyle treatment. Great advice. Dr. Steele, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all that information. It was truly my pleasure. Thank you for having me on the show. That was veterinarian Dr. April Steele, president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners Board of Directors, discussing feline diabetes and a recently released toolkit that can help with the treatment of cats for their owners. For more information, catfriendly.com slash diabetes. Well, what's next? When I come back, we're going to talk about today's Belmont Stakes horse race. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. I'm petrologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we are urban, suburban, and country. And as you know, our show is in syndication. Yay! Yes, and we welcome to the Pet Buzz KMOJ FM 89.9 in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, let's kick off this segment with some global pet news. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. So check this out. A nine-year-old attractive tabby cat named Elliot, who is sweet and would spend all day on your lap if he could. Well, this was how he was described by the Cats Protection, the UK's largest feline welfare charity. He just can't find a home. Do you want to know why? Why? Now, are you ready for this one? I'm ready. Elliot has a bit of a sneezing problem. What? So no one took him because he has a sneezing problem. Now, the sneezing problem is a result of damage to his bones, so he has chronic rhinitis. Okay. And folks think that's why he can't find a forever home. Well, it's been reported that they're looking for a patient owner who can give Elliot the loving home he desperately needs. It's really sad because cats with health conditions and even dogs may seem like a daunting prospect to prospective adopters at first, but in many cases they can be managed with the right care. I mean, you had a client this week who... Adopted a dog with health problems. I have a litany of clients that like to adopt pets that are sometimes older with serious problems. Exactly. They can relate. They can definitely relate to definitely. their... Right. So if you can provide Elliot 
and I know it's in the UK, or cats or dogs with health problems, if you have a great warm home and, you know, run, I always say run, don't walk to your local cat shelter because it's Adopt a Shelter Cat Month. Yay. Okay? Okay. Well, although the Triple Crown is not a consideration this year. Not this year. Saturday's 1.5 million grade one Belmont Stakes presented by New York Racing Authority, or Naira, is happening today. So back in the pet bus saddle is horse racing journalist and rider for the Blood Horse is Steve Haskin answering our questions. Steve, thank you for joining the pet bus again. My pleasure. Always a pleasure to be with my favorite pet centologist and veterinarian. (laughs) We love you even more, Steve. Okay, well, let's get down to it. So uh, what did you think of the Preakness? Well, I mean, it was a good result because it it, it basically verified what happened in the Kentucky Derby. If some people thought that War of Will might have been hampered or might have won the race, at least this justifies that. All right, maybe he might have won. But the thing about War of Will, you just didn't know because he was coming off such a long layoff off the Louisiana Derby, and he ran so poorly. So you got to give an awful lot of credit to Mark Cassie. You know, if we actually get him to run as well as he did in the Derby and then to come back in two weeks. So it was a, it was a good result. He didn't want any – let's put it this way. If Everfast had won that race, nothing against Everfast, but that would have been a terrible result to have two monster bombs winning – the Derby and the Preakness, and it just would have given, the crop would have lost all credibility. Well, there's two quick comments I want to make. The first is, I loved really, I really like Mark Cass, because, of course, when he won, he looks like a smooth operator, but when he got up there at the press conference, he actually mentioned his mama, and I thought that was a, a very nice <laughs> thing. I thought it was adorable. I thought it was adorable yeah, when he mentioned he's his mom. He's very family-oriented. Well, you know, his son was his assistant for many years, and now he's out on his own. Normally. Ooh, competition well we like that the other thing is i know you always say this because not everybody you know a lot of people now they run the derby when it's over they don't want to run anything else they just want to win the derby so um well do you think it's possible that war of will written by florida jockey because florida is our home state tyler gaffelione who's riding in his first belmont because we want to let everybody know that and trained by mark Hass, of course do you think he could become the 12th horse to have lost the kentucky derby and gone on to win the Preakness, do you think he's a chance at Belmont today? He's got a huge chance. I mean, it's not, it's not an overly strong field. It's not an incredibly deep field. And I thought, actually, there'd be more horses coming. I thought it would, they would have a full field. I thought they'd have 13 or 14 horses in there. And it doesn't look like they're going to get that many. So he's, you know, he's either going to be the favorite or second choice to Tacitus. Those are your two big horses right now. So, like I said, it's not an overly strong field, but, I mean, he's got a huge shot because he's got the right kind of running style. And, you know, his, pedig- his pedigree is not great for mile and a half, but it's good enough. But most horses that win the Belmont are right up close to the pace. You don't get any deep closes winning the Belmont. It's very rare that you do. So he's got the right, uh, he's got the right style. It's a question of how Tyler Gaffleone handles Belmont. You know, it's not used to Belmont, and it's a very, very tricky track to ride with those big sweeping turns. Mm-hmm. A lot of jockeys get lost on those turns, and they just mistime their move. Well, you know, Todd Todd Pletcher has more wins in the Belmont than any other trainer in this year's race. Do you think that his horses are going to do anything? 
Well, I mean, you know, they're both good. I, I, I'm not going to say Trepid Hart's going to be a long shot. Too. I think he's going to get back because Johnny Velasquez is riding him. Spinoff was a horse that was one of my big long shots in the Kentucky Derby. And he just looked like, you know, it looked like Spinoff was spinning his wheels. He was going nowhere in the race. I don't think he liked that track. But he's got the right running style. And I think Spinoff is a legitimate horse. I mean, he's got a good pedigree himself. In, uh, and he's got more experience than Intrepid Heart. But Intrepid Heart was the one that's going to get fed because at least, um, you know, he, he's also by Tappet, um, who has sired three Belmont winners recently. Yeah, so, well, that was one of our and, questions. And, and he was by Tappet. He's got to be, uh, so Tacitus is going to be the big Tappet. But Intrepid Heart has always been a, a very highly touted horse. But don't overlook spinoffs. I mean, he's going to be a big, much bigger price than Intrepid Heart. And if, if the track is fast and he handles the track, um, he could surprise a lot of people. So, you know, Dr. Fleck and I always love a long shot, you know? Yeah. So can we expect <laughs> anything from Belmont long shot, Joe Villa? Well, you can expect him to maybe set the pace. And you know, for how long, I don't, I don't know. But he doesn't look like a, a real mile and a half horse. He looks like a horse who's going to excel anywhere from sprint distances to a mile maybe slightly over a mile. So it's pretty ambitious. If I was going to go along, I, I, I would look beyond him. I, I don't think he really looks like a horse that wants to go a mile and a half. Well, what seems if he like... does, he'll be, he'll, be a, he'll be the longest shot in the field. <laughs> <laughs> we, we counted, like, what, $15,000, Dr. Flack? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what we figured. Well, you know what seems like the craziness this year with the Triple Crown? What about Mike Smith? Who's, he's won the Belmont three times. Could his skills prevail? Well, one thing about Mike Smith, his skills can always prevail in any race, at any distance, at any racetrack, on any horse. If you go into the Preakness, if the, the horse that he's riding in the Belmont stakes, if he was going into this race, the same form going into the Belmont, he would have a huge shot. And we're talking about Bourbon War, and he really just ran horribly. And even his, you know, even his trainer, I mean, Mark Hennig can figure out why he ran so poorly. So I don't know what to make of that. He's going to have to rebound big time. And, you know, he's a come-to-behind horse, so he's going to have to depend on, a, you know, a faster pace. So does he want to go a mile and a half? Yeah, he's got the pedigree for it. But you have to wonder why he ran so poorly in the Preakness. I mean, he just did nothing in the race. And he's a legitimate closer. I mean, he comes flying at the end of his races, but he didn't come flying in the Preakness. He just ran around the racetrack. Maybe he was just distracted so, uh, by the, the running with no jockey. Velasquez was down. Yeah. People make a big deal about that. That happens so often in racing. Horses run to open spaces. So that's why he went to the outside. He didn't bother anybody. It was not really a big deal. He made no impact on the race, so he didn't bother any of the horses. Hey, Steve, you're always one of our favorites. Thanks for joining us today. Always a pleasure. You can learn more about Steve and his writings at bloodhorse.com. Well, that was Steve Haskin, a leading horse racing journalist, mentor, and a great friend of the show. Did you hear that? I did. It's the bell. Signifying it's time to wrap the show. But before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. So next week, we're going to talk about hurricane preparedness, the unexpected rising costs of pet products, 
as a result of Trump's imposed tariffs on Chinese and Mexican produced goods and how to make preparations for your pet and your will. But before we go, Dr. Fleck, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Katie Stanawa, Dr. Daniel Burba, Dr. April Steele, and Steve Haskins. And you know, we always want to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And if you have a question, write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com and we'll cover your question on our next show. Just so you know, you can follow along on our social media channels as the show airs. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help Help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. Hi, I'm Brad Garrett. In 2007, the investigation of the Humane Society of the United States exposed the link between pet stores and puppy mills. Large puppy mill operations were busted in Maine, Oklahoma, Texas, and Virginia. Bottom line, puppy mills are cruel and their puppies are often sick. So do yourself a favor and go to your local shelter for your next dog. You'll get an inoculated, already fixed dog for almost nothing. So you'll not only save some money, but you'll also save a life.